This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Kiva Schuler, welcome to Mom Curious. I am so grateful for your work in the world. Holy moly. There's a <laughs> you you just wrote the peaceful parenting revolution. And one of your chapters was, is it we can save the world or something like this? Yeah. Through peaceful parenting. And I I believe it to be true. I also know it to be challenging. Um, so I want to dive into both of those aspects. But if you could introduce yourself to the audience, I would be so grateful. I would love to. And thank you so much for having me, Daniela. So I'm Kiva Schuler. I'm the founder of the Jai Institute for Parenting. We certify parenting coaches in a peaceful methodology, which we can talk about. Yeah. And yes, the author of my new baby book, Ooh, it's upside down and backwards, <laughs> and the Peaceful Parenting Revolution, which is, gosh, like my heart is in a book and uh, the heart yeah. of this work. So yeah. It really is your soul's work, isn't it? It is. Yeah. In my soul's work since I was 10 years old. What do you mean? I grew up in a home with my parents were divorced. My dad was remarried and I had a little baby brother and he was not parented peacefully. Hmm. Witnessing that just gave me so much information of why traditional parenting methods, you know, generation after generation, after generation, after generation hurt kids. Yeah. And so even when I was a little girl, I loved children. I worked in a daycare center starting when I was really young. Um, I wanted to protect my baby brother so much and I felt so powerless. And that, you know, sometimes you get those like, poo, like those like download or like your higher self, whatever you want to call it. When I was 16, Wow. I got one of those and it said, when you become a parent or when I become a parent, I will do whatever it takes to learn to do it fairly. And here we are. That's amazing. You know, they say that like even just witnessing a, a beloved being abused or mistreated, you know, for the child's mind, it's, it's, it's nearly the same as it happening to, to you. And that powerlessness, I mean... I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. And you mentioned in the book that it also allowed you a clue into what power was needed in the world, what real power, like not power over, yeah. but standing in one's power. Like if that adult, I think it was your stepmother in relation to your baby brother, if that adult had personal power, yeah. would anyone ever treat a child that way? So many parents, you know, kind of like the pendulum swings, right? And I would say that this was the case for Ian, my half-brother's mom, and we talk about this all the time, he and I, where it's this erratic power over to power under, right? I throw up my hands, I'm done with you, take the screen. And so no wonder that children like Ian feel confused 
and don't know which end is up and don't necessarily know right from wrong. And we're all doing our best, right? We're operating in this way because nobody gave us this experience, lived experience of what power with looks like. Mm, What does it look like? It looks like an honoring of the humanity of adults and children alike. Mm. I honor and witness my own humanity and I honor and witness yours, little one, or in the case of my kids now, big, huge one. Um, How old are they? My kids are 18 and 16 now. Wow. Well, so you have a real reference point for for this work. I really do. I mean, it's um, it definitely breaks the myth that teenagers are um, rebellious, uh, you know, obnoxious, like all those ideas we got. I love teenagers. Send them all to me. I think they're amazing. Wow. And um, I, I am in the process of beginning to mourn uh, their their eminent departure, and so excited for them and who they are in the world. I mean, they just, they floor me. Really? Yeah. It's funny because I'm experiencing where this moment, this transition where oh, it's so hard for me to get rid of toys and like baby things. I, I don't want any more children. I certainly couldn't handle anymore. I like, <laughs> that's the truth. Like I need to know my own bandwidth and like, I want to be a good mother to the two that I have and, and babies are cute, but they take a lot of work. Whoa. Um, and so these things need to go to another home there. It's so hard. I remember like being done with breastfeeding, which actually didn't didn't last very long to begin with. And it's just like a real grieving period every every step because every step of the way, I mean, it's like it's a celebration of like we did it and like we're here and here is really profound and beautiful and like sticky, sometimes like physically, like sticky stuff is everywhere. But um that doesn't get better. No. <laughs> really? Not even in teenage? Oh, gross. Oh, that's so gross. Um, but <laughs> I just can't even handle it. Better than sticky peanut butter spoons on the kitchen counter. Oh, come on, guys. Get it together. Um, but like there really is a grieving process around like, you know, that these phases and it happens so quickly and it also doesn't happen quickly enough. It's really deep. <laughs> it's really deep. It's, it is, and it's also the work, right? Because a lot of what I talk about in the book um, is the is fostering within ourselves the ability to feel our emotions fully and safely, right? To process them in a way that is communicative, that is honest, but doesn't hurt another person or ourselves, And so I love the idea of grieving through the, you know, the transitions of parenting because it's honest. We're we're having this feeling. We're going to mourn it. And mourning and grieving serve a purpose. They let us let things go. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't mourn it, you know what ends up happening is I'll find myself in a therapy session or, you know, I, I love, I have friends who are healers. We'll do some tapping. I'll be like, I don't know why I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's because there's some, there's a big cry that needs to happen. It needs to, you know, like, oh, I threw out my back. I threw out my back and I was at the Rolfer. It's this like deep, oh, deep, deep. 
Yeah, it's, it's like deep, deep, deep um, massage. And she told me I needed to stop picking up my children while she was, you know, like helping my back physically and the emotional release that needed out. Yeah, came out. It needed out. And if it didn't come out, you know, and I felt a lot better after that hour session, but if we don't let those cries out, if we don't like mark uh, the moment, then my back hurts. Mm. I store it somewhere. I'm a human. It's like very interesting how our bodies like to tell us some things. Oh my God, our bodies, our bodies, our moods, our actions, like... Mm hopefully we can, you know, find the the feeling before. But often for me, I'm just like catching up, you know, I'm, all, I'm like, oh, wait, why, wait, why did I just act that way? Oh, but we're, we'll, we'll, we'll get better and better at, at that as time goes on, I'm sure. Welcome to humaning. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to, you know, there was a, there was a moment in the um, book where you talked about like COVID and your daughter coming down in a, like a new body, having, you know, just like the rest of us, um, just eating too much. And you, you sort of being an imperfect parent in that way, if I may say, right? And you're yeah. like, yeah, oh, yikes. My worst, my worst parenting period, period. Oh, because oh, we were in uh, hellscape. So if we I can just, I know you're the parenting coach, but I'm just going to offer. Uh, I mean, all of us, um, I think for me, you know, at so just to catch yes. the viewers up on the story, um, Charlotte, you know, went through COVID as she was, you know, going through puberty, and we're all home, and uh, and I have a duty, an eating disorder at her age, and so my righteousness in the way that I responded to her and was helpful to her was indicative of my own fears, past experience, body image issues. And I was so sure I was right. Right. That's when you know you're wrong, actually. I... Oh, wait, that's such an interesting, actually, I just need to like, I need to like dog ear that for myself because like when I'm like, he's, I mean, I have children who are five and three and even still like I can turn into a, like a month. I'm a, like, wh- why? Well, I have my own stuff to deal with and a, a, a path of learning underfoot, but I'll be like, so sure, the more sure, the more shame I'll feel on the other end of that cortisol drop. And, uh, and it might take a couple of days. It, yeah. it, it doesn't usually. It takes yeah. about a few, a few of hours. This, of this journey with Charlotte, I would say it took a year. Um, I, I held on to it for a long time. She would ask me to let it go. I would tr- effort to use my willpower to let it go. Y'all know that does not work. Can't do it. You've got to come into integration alignment, honesty. And so once I actually like the, you know, we talk in our work at Jai a lot about our lenses, right? The things that distort our view from facts, reality. So once my lens kind of got unfogged and I realized what I had done to my precious, beautiful, incredible, brilliant daughter, there were many conversations of repair over the course of a year until there was finally, I, did, I didn't write about this in this in the book, but there was this 
breakthrough moment where just her walls finally came down and she crumbled into my arms. Mm. And what I will say, having gone through that with her, is I, I don't know that I would change it, Daniela. Wow, it was awful. Cute. It was painful. But we went through a really hard journey together where she saw me grow. She saw me take responsibility. She saw me work to earn her trust back. And we are so deeply connected at this point that I don't know if I trade it. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So this is important in it's terms important. of what we talk about in the book, because if we were perfect all the time, if we were like some like Stepford-y wife, like, you know, never lost our temper, never demonstrated to our children that we're human beings too, and we make mistakes, we're robbing the richness of intimacy that comes when two people know each other at their best and their worst and still love each other madly. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about this a lot with my own mothers. Like, we definitely know the best and the worst in each other. I mean, I'm 38 years old and I just love her. It's so simple. I could cry just thinking about it. Oh. She just loves me. It's and 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 life is life. Yeah, and life and is life. And life is life. Um I had a real watershed moment. I, I haven't read parenting books in a long time, partially because I have had a moment where well, I don't sleep. And you know, so the, how how many books can you read when you're like exhausted? But <laughs> um but also because there was a moment where I realized the reason why I wasn't living up to my ideals as a respectful parent. You know, I really dove into the rye parenting and the respectful parenting approach that Magda Gerber and later Janet um, Lansbury espoused. And after they turned two, I was like, but I, I don't know how to handle the body flailing, the loud, the, 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 quote unquote defiance. Like I just didn't know how to handle it yeah. and not knowing how to handle it really dysregulated my own system. And I was like, well, I need to like do me. I need to read books about my own healing. And what I loved about the Peaceful Parenting Revolution, your book, is that it's actually the same thing. Yeah. It, it's actually the same thing. It's, it's a big reason that I wrote this book because I feel like so much of the advice around parenting is still kind of behavior modification with a pretty bow around it, right? How can I get my child to be, do, or have what I want them to be, do, or have, or what culture says that they should be, do, or have, or what my mom says, right? So it's like still very child-focused. It's so child-focused. It's so child-focused. And I find it dissociative, actually. Um, yeah. And maybe, and maybe, maybe the people who write those books, God bless them, because I know they want a peaceful world, and I know that they have a lot of good to offer. Maybe they um, had more harmonious upbringings, but I, who is this child they're talking about? Who is this parent they're, yeah. they're referencing? Yeah, I mean, all the tools, tactics, strategies, 
you know, sticker charts in the world won't work when we're dysregulated on the inside, when we don't have a sense of confidence and self-worth in ourselves, how could we possibly give that to our children? We can use the, you know, inside voice and the gentle voice, but if we're seething inside, our children are not dumb. They will feel that. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm very appreciative of the voices that have come before us. But the reason that I call this book a revolution is because we're not going to ask children to do the work anymore. We're going to do the work. We're going to be the ones who change. We're going to be the ones who learn new ways of communicating, feeling, expressing our emotions, taking risk in the world, taking chances. Failing. You said, you, you said if, if the kid is like on, like on chat with his friends and not um, studying for his test, like let him fail. And I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. I'm not up there. I'm not, they don't take tests yet, but I'm like, oh God. Yeah, I know. And believe me, I come up against it too. I mean, my mother is like a New York journalist, powerhouse, you will go to an Ivy League school or die, kind of, you know, Jewish mother of the best variety. God, we love her. Like, God bless her. praise those women. Um, and I knew what that felt like. Yeah. So, you know, I still, I'm better now. I mean, also, <laughs> my kids get straight A's, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I like I like that you cop to that. Can we just cop to that? Because the truth is that that is that is information. Like yeah. if a person d d has a kid who's struggling in school and you're like, don't just let them talk to their friend. Uh, well, no. you know, so I appreciate Peaceful that honesty. Isn't permissive parenting. Peaceful parenting is not throwing up our hands and just saying, you know, um, you know, let them fail in that way. They do need to experience failure and be supported in creating strategies to move forward effectively, right? So with teenagers, like, yeah, they fail 27,000 times a day. Um, I do have a bar for them, right? Like there are expectations for them to reach. And this is nuanced, right? Where it's like, can we hold two truths at the same time? Where maybe we don't need to wholly buy into the achievement culture that is so pervasive. Yeah. And also support our children to rise to their potential and to have instilled values like discipline, like responsibility, like following through on their commitments. Both those things can be true at the same time. How, how, like I, 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 you ha you lay out um, before you go into the Jai methodology. You lay out something that people might recognize from their romantic relationships. People talk about attachment theory when it comes to children, of course, but then they also talk about it when they when it comes to romantic relationships. But the way you spelled it out was so. Um, beautiful. And it, it was sort of the precursor to answering the question of how actually, how do you set um, 
boundaries, expectation, living up to values without being power over. And I'm just wondering if you can like walk us through some of those attachment styles and how, I mean, it was almost spooky. It was spooky. Yeah. I mean, and, and wow. I, I love hate those things because I've been a rebel since I was seven. So it's like, don't tell me who I am. And also so interesting to notice. Um, and I want to say something quickly before I answer your question, Daniela, about attachment science in the frame of children versus attachment science in the frame of adult relationships is the same thing. Because the way that we learn, the way that we're programmed to be in relationship comes from the primary relationship that we had, which is with our primary caregiver, right? Mom, dad, grandparent, caretaker, caregiver, caretaker. Um, So the theory, the ways that we create defense mechanisms trauma or emotional wounding adaptations in in childhood informs our relationships going forward, right? That's how, you know, we end up marrying the guy who's just like our dad. Like we didn't think totally. we were doing that, but lo and behold, there he is. Totally. 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 Yeah. Well, because I mean, that's like the biggest impact that parents have on their children's lives, right? Is like, um, letting them know who people are, what they can expect, what being in relationship feels like. Yeah. yeah. What does love feel like? Does love hurt? Is love conditional? Is love accepting? Is love trustable? Can I trust that people who love me will show up? Mm. No pressure or anything. Casual, casual. Yeah. So basically, most of us did not grow up with secure attachment. Um, Dan Siebel, most of us us did not grow up with secure attachment. If you did, Mm. okay, I'm a little jealous and and wear it well, my friend. You know, it's um, you're blessed. And we need you. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like go show the rest of the world what that looks like. The good news is for those of us who did not grow up with secure attachment, right? And that will happen, you know, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s. None of us had parents around. Like it is like the generation of abandonment wounds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. We all have them. I was like, there's the door. See you in three days. Wow. Um, I can't imagine. It was, it was crazy. My friends and I all talk about it. Um, so, so the way that you were parented, whether it was abandonment, authority, authoritarianism, right? Like that real kind of old school power over, um, whether there was a lot of chaos in your environment, your home was perhaps really disorganized. You couldn't trust mom or dad to pick you up on time. These all inform our attachment style. So, you, you, you know, you can read the book. It literally, as Danielle said, it breaks it down. Um, spooky, you know, spooky accuracy, spooky. It also tells you your superpowers. Mm, which I really appreciate it. And you always do that. You are you are sort of unrelenting in your honesty of how important this work is, how, um, how uh, destructive it can be to continue, you know, cycles of quote unquote normal parenting. 
which can feel uncomfortable to read, but you will always balance it with recognizing the resilience of the human spirit and with, with you know, like real accuracy, spooky accuracy, and a lot of research, anecdotal um, stories from around the world. That's what also really um, got me was this isn't an American problem. This isn't a you know, white or black or Asian or Hispanic problem. This isn't, this isn't gay couples. This isn't straight couples. This is like, this is all over the world. And you know this because you've been teaching it for so long. So I, I really appreciate that. Thank you for highlighting that part. Um, you know, obviously I'm a white woman in the United States. Um, I am quite affluent by any measure, you know, and so, I really hold that my experience um, by and large is, you know, a, a very, uh, there's a word that I want that I can't find. So you privileged. privileged is usually the Thank word. You. Used. I was like, pervasive? No, that's not no. the right one. No, the yes. privileged, and you're using your privilege well, and I, I, um, and, and owning that in the same way that we own the details of, you yeah. know, the mess. Yeah, yeah. It's important. Yeah. So for the book, I just I didn't want to seem sanctimonious or like I had all the answers. I definitely do not. And so this book was created in collaboration with seven of our coaches from different countries, different backgrounds. Uh Richard Dixon, our our resident dad. Um, you know, contributed to the book. It's a myriad of voices sharing their stories, sharing how they have taken the frameworks of what we teach at Jai into their world. It's the only way I could have written this book. I wouldn't have been able to sleep at night otherwise, honestly. Why? Because it, it would have not been a values match for me. I think having worked in the field of parenting for, you know, over a decade, I am incredibly aware of how tender this conversation yeah. can be, um, how understandably defended we are. And I honor that. I have so much reverence for the differing circumstances that parents from all over the world bring to this challenge of raising children well. And so it's an integrity thing for me. Like I just, I wanted to write a book that met people where they were. Mm. And so that meant I couldn't do it alone. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really appreciated that. It was cool to hear about, you know, um, you have some coaches who are Asian. I remember you being like, she would call it, she was raised with a quote unquote tiger mom. And you, you know, she she explained what that meant and how the relationship with her elders really informed her experience. And that was so relatable to me. You know, my parents are not American either. So, you know, that it's, it's amazing how much alike we all are in this experience. This is. It's true. Wild. You know, even Daisy from Nigeria, you know, talking about, how uncomfortable she was with emotion. And she thought that that was a Nigerian thing. And so even like from my perspective, like the 
opportunity of sitting in circle with these incredible humans every week and watching them make the connections with each other. It was like, what is happening here? We all cried when the book was done. It was so sad that we didn't get to meet every Friday anymore. (laughs) It's, It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. I'm still curious. You know, I'm still on the journey. And I I started the course, actually, because you also have a course. The first thing that the um, that I, the teacher, what, what's her name? Rebecca Lidden is our director of education. She's so lovely. And the first thing yeah. she said was like, you know, there's a reason why you're here. And I'm sure you want to get into, um, you know, all the things you're doing wrong and we can fix them. But can we just acknowledge that you got here? And that there's definitely something you're doing right. Yeah. Um, right? I really appreciate that balance because like we're, we're holding ourselves accountable and we're not continuing the shame cycle by hurting ourselves. It's not going to help anyone. Yeah. But there are paths forward to breaking these cyclical um, relational patterns. I agree. I mean, one of the reasons that, you know, the work of the Jai Institute for Parenting is to certify parenting coaches right? versus just giving people the course that I sent you is left to our own devices. Most of us will revert to shame. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I tried it. It didn't work right away. Mm-hmm. Coaches, right? Like you can think about this through the frame of like, you know, you want to get in shape, right? When you hire a trainer, you show up at the gym at 630 in the morning every week. Mm-hmm. They help you build your muscles appropriately as you grow your strength. Mm. Parenting coaches do the same thing. Mm. And so every so often we'll have, you know, have some consultant come into our business and they're like, well, you have this great audience. Why aren't you, you know, why don't you just sell a course on peaceful parenting? I'm like, I can't because it's not what I know works is parent coaching. Well, that also can really create just incredible shifts. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we're talking about relationships and healing in the relational field, being mentored, being mothered, yes. being oh. reparented. We can't regulate against a dysregulated system. So if we can, if the, if the child, if it's like, it's like those the dolls that one are inside of the, in one inside of the other, the child is at the nucleus of this work. We love this baby so much. And the parent is just doesn't know. I mean, the truth is for most of us, we just don't know any better. So we're there. And if we have a loving guide, right, to regulate against, to hold us, to understand, to to correct, you know, then we are relationally um, Mm. healing right Um, in the moment, right there. Really love that visual, Daniela. So good. Yay. Yay. I never had a parenting coach myself. Maybe I should. It would it sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like they're I mean they're depending on what you consider a good time. Oh, really? Why? Because it could be hard. Well, I, I don't want to say hard. I mean, I love going deep. I love looking at my stuff. I want to be lovingly called out on my blind spots. Is that fun? Sometimes, you know, it's fun when you get to the other side and you can really look back and acknowledge 
the powerful work that you did. But listen, looking at our stuff is uncomfortable. So people don't do it. They're like, let me continue to project onto you all of my blind spots and less than useful communication and relational strategies. Um, So it's brave work. You know, I think it is so brave as a parent to say, you know what, I'm going to maybe turn the mirror around for a minute here and look at the role that I am playing in the conflict that's happening in the home Mm -hmm. or distance that I'm feeling between myself and my child or the behavior that seems to be rearing up. That is so brave. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Can you walk us through some of the the framework of the work at Dry and in the book? I know there's the peace process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we talked it. about we talked about the secure attachment and really yeah. owning the way you were raised, and that is an ongoing process, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, when you have wounds that run deep, they're never fully going to go away. What happens is you become more aware of how they present in your life. So you become more adept at, you know, getting in front of them before you like sabotage the whole thing. Um, yes. So that would be great. Let's do that. I mean, I'll come back and let you know if I ever get to the middle of my onion of healing. So far, there's, we're still peeling back the layers. Um, Okay, so our like when you when you think about what peaceful parenting, gentle parenting, conscious parenting is at its core, it is parenting without punishments, consequences, um, contrived consequences. I should yeah. say, and yeah. we can talk about what that means because well, life fail- has many consequences. Yeah, failing the test we talked about that's a consequence. Yeah, exactly, that's, that's no fun for anyone. Uh, And so it leaves this big, okay, so then what do I do, right? If I'm not going to say, if you don't do this thing, then I'm going to, you know, put you in timeout or I'm, you can't go to the party or no screens for you for a week, right? If we're not using that, then what do we do instead? I mean, really, what do we do, Kiva? I'm, I'm asking not for a friend. I'm asking for me. What do we do? She's three and a half, and uh, six months ago, it was so easy. Parenting goes like this. This is the news I have for you. Um, okay, so what we do instead is is obviously more complex than this, and I invite you to read the whole book because, again, until we kind of develop these internal skills. Strategies and tactics remain strategies and tactics versus an integrated way that we are parenting our children from certainty and confidence. Mm -hmm. The peace process is way at the end of the book Mm -hmm. for this reason, because we've got to look at these other things first. Mm -hmm. So the peace process is a five-step process that becomes the communication framework that we use as the effective replacement for punishments and consequences. I'll give a caveat. Putting your kids in timeout is easier. Oh my God, it's so much easier. So much easier. I was just saying, you know, if I really could just yell at my kids, tug them about. They do whatever you them. Mm-hmm. You know what? My life would be a lot easier. I mean, in the yeah. short term. In, in the, the short, short term, can you imagine living with that type of 
No, I mean, guilt. It's, conditioning, it's conditioning compliance based on fear and control. Right. No, and that's just like a recipe for some scary, scary stuff out there. I don't want to, I don't and want my kids to comply. At, at the best, even at the, like, let's say like it doesn't cause all of the horrible things it could cause. At its best, it creates separation between you and your child. And 30 years from now, they're not going to be so excited to come to Thanksgiving dinner. Which we no. see all the time. This is the, you know, every time, you know, Thanksgiving rolls around, Christmas rolls around, you see all these memes about how terrible families are. Yes, I, yes, I see it. I get it. I don't want to do that. I do no, not I don't want to be around somebody who forces their will on me either. Right. You know, it's yeah. like the we are humans too. Remember, it's the whole humanity thing. <laughs> yeah, like from the very beginning. I really love that. There, you know, the um, the rye sort of approach will always say like they are. They have have opinions, at personality. They have body autonomy from the very beginning. Really, yes. it it's true. If you if you meet a newborn and you allow yourself the truth uh, of looking at them with clear eyes. This is a person who has never existed before. This is this is a person who knows exactly what temperature they like the bath. Yes. This is a person who knows exactly when to stop breastfeeding. These are you know or 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 feeding when their belly is full and when they're they need a break. When you know, I mean, these are people with cues that are built in. Nature is truly divine in that way. You can Amazing. witness it firsthand. It doesn't go away either as we age. important frame for parents, right? If we can become the witness of our children's evolution, right? We're, we're their guide, we're their support system. But most importantly, we remain in a place of awe. Uh-huh. Like, whoa, like, look at this little human yeah. Yeah. doing their thing. Like, wow. Just to tell you a little bit of awe about my three and a half year old pause, I she was so easy for so long, and all of a sudden she like you know it's no everything is no everything is no, and um, she packs like uh, costumes uh, to school costumes her babies it's like it, she has a duffel bag every morning, and I realize like now that I have sort of gotten over the hump of shock and annoyance, I'm like, this is a little kooky kid. She's a little kook. Who? Kn-? I mean, I did not see that coming, but the awe of the unfolding of this person is a delight. And it's so different from her brother who yeah. has the same parents, who li- yeah. they live in the same room. Like, <laughs> she's so silly. She's so willful. She took her time to reveal that. It really is delightful. If if I can, you know, when it's not totally... Um, yeah, I mean, remembering that it's delightful <laughs> helps us from kind of like, you know, bowling it over or, or missing it, you know, or wanting to go back to when it was easy. And it will be easy again, I promise. Yeah. Like, and I don't know about you, but for me, when my kids were little, it felt like this. Like when one was good, the other yes. one was... Yes, well, thank God. Eight. Thank God for and that. And the other one was going through a phase. I, I don't think it's like that anymore. Maybe a little bit. But I, I was always like, well, thank God it's not at least happening both at the same time. Yes, totally. 
I totally see that. And he's just, you know, he's nearly six and he's just not, you know, he's just cute. He's just cute. And maybe he's picking up a couple things from from kids at school, but like, all right, that's okay. That's okay. And she's not a problem. It's just that like, I just didn't see this big person. She wasn't a big personality before. So all of a sudden we just have to back up a little bit, rearrange the furniture, throw out some toys, like, all right, she's here. She's here. And that's cool. Right. You're saying like the wonder, the wonder of it keeps it fun. Yeah. What's the point of having kids if it's not fun? No, let it be fun as much as possible. Let it be fun. Even if it's just like five minutes a day where, you know, I used to call it like, let's go get our Googles out. And we would go, you know, run around the house in our underwear or, you know, you can't do that anymore. But, um, you know, just finding some silly connection and enjoying it. I mean, it sounds so trite to say it's, you know, it's over before you know it. It goes so fast. And here I am. I'm like, oh, my God, it's over. It's not over. I mean, in terms of them living, like, I was like, wow. I mean, Charlotte, Miles and I are, you know, like we've been a trio, just the three of us for the last six, seven years like, wow, six months from now, the three of us will never live together again. Like, what? Crazy. Wow. That's crazy. So crazy. But the the parent-child relationship never ends, even past death. No, I didn't mean over in that No, I I know, I know. But it's it's just... That I know that that like intensive oh, period. Yeah. yeah. You were this, talking about the peace, the peace process, is it called? What is it? The peace yes. process. Yes. So the peace process is the framework that we use to teach our children limits, to set boundaries effectively and peacefully, and to communicate to them in an authentic, compassionate, empathetic and leadership-oriented way what we want for them to learn, how we want them to behave, how we want them to grow into expectations that we have for them. And so it's P-E-A-C-E. And obviously each of these is outlined in the book, The Peaceful Parenting Revolution, but we'll just go through them quickly. So P is presence um, because uh, I will out myself. Much of my parenting is done while also answering a work email while trying to remember the grocery list in my head and, you know, texting the plumber that's three hours late all at the same time. That is not presence. Um, So presence is a practice. But when we're doing the heavy work of parenting, meaning like there is a rule that's been broken or, you know, a mistake that was made that wasn't unintentional, right? Um, Our full presence is required in that moment. The invitation there is not everything needs to be addressed in that moment, right? Especially if our nervous system is reaching the red zone because we're really angry about what just happened. It's okay to create safety in the moment and say, you know what, I'm going to take 10 and go get present to this. And then let's meet in the living room for a conversation. Okay. Um, So presence is required. E, empathy and aware, right? So getting curious about what's going on here. Um, I'll share a story that I haven't told before, if that's okay. And yeah, I don't know, my son might get really upset with me for sharing this one, but it's okay. We can we can acknowledge that teenagers drink sometimes. Can we acknowledge that? And oh, can we please? 
Yeah, I did. Sometimes. So um, I came home one day. Um, I had left early in the morning and uh, there was a cup on the counter and I thought it was water and I took a sip of it and it was vodka. <laughs> and it's like a Thursday, Daniela. It is not a weekend. And so I text my kids like, what is happening? There's vodka on the counter. And Char- Charlotte you know, said, I have no idea. And Ma said, I have no idea. Maybe it was the cleaning people. Yes, the cleaning people are definitely in the regular habit of having vodka. <laughs> so anyway, nobody was cleaning it up at the very least. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I'm like, geez, if you're going to like drink alcohol on a random Wednesday night, like at least be sneakier than that. Like, put it away, guys. They want to be caught. So, anyway, and some level they in, want to be caught. He came in. I was angry. Um, honesty is a really important value to me because I lied a lot as a kid. And even as an adult before I probably, oh, we all lie, but I lied egregiously as a manipulative tactic. And so because I know the consequences of living that kind of life so intimately, it is a hard limit for me. And so clearly someone's not telling the truth. So Miles came in. I kind of know it's him. Charlotte's not really a drinker. And I'm like, you know, I'm noticing that my whole body feels like it wants to explode. I don't understand what's going on here, what's happening. And and he does this little thing where his lip twitches still at 18 since he was six years old. Well, he and his girlfriend had broken up the day before. I had no idea. I had no idea. Right. And so empathy, right? Like I'm really angry. Something really bad happened here. And also what is going on, buddy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was trying to numb his feelings. Like he loved, loves his first love, right? Like yeah. this is a big thing. Yeah. And so we had a whole conversation about addiction being the cause, you know, being the outcome of people not being able to handle this pain that you're feeling. And of course you try to numb it and let's talk about strategies. And then my favorite thing I said to him was like, you learning that your heart can handle this amount of hurt makes your heart so much bigger for more love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it became a teaching thing. Yeah. So that's a really long story to illustrate empathy, but I think one that demonstrates how important it is. Because what if he had come in the door and I lost my bleep? And I would understand, and it would be uh, culturally acceptable, and it would be a real missed opportunity. I mean, I see it even now with like my six-year-old, nearly six-year-old, and you know, like little ones. They, <gasps> they, um. I think I even see it now, you know, when they, when Paz is misbehaving and saying no, she switched schools. Yeah. Seemingly out of nowhere. She didn't like it. Yeah. She was saying, I want you to N-O, no, no. I want you to, yeah. you know, know that this is a no for me. Even if it's a nice school, you know, and I can, if I can see that behavior for what it is, I, I have a shot. I have a shot. 
One of the, the foundations <laughs> of everything that we teach at Jai, and it's in the book as well, is that all behavior, good behavior, bad behavior, challenging behavior, destructive behavior, is an expression of a need. And whether that need has been met or unmet, what this gives us access to is an understanding as a parent that if we address the behavior at the level of the behavior, we're missing this gold mine underneath it, which is the underlying root mm. of what is going on. Mm. So what you just named in your daughter is so beautiful, right? We're seeing a behavior present. It's a new behavior. Mm-hmm. It's not fun, right? We could You could clamp down on her, right? And try and enforce her to go back to how she used to be. Or with the peace process, we're going to get curious and say, "What has anything changed? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And what need is there? What I'm hearing is she is expressing a need for autonomy, which is a human need that we all have. Mm-hmm. And then how can we as parents create space for her to feel more autonomy? And then oh, the behavior kind of just goes away. And and grief, right? We, You and I yeah. both discussed how like, Sometimes, she, you know, she needed to grieve that she didn't have a choice, that she yeah. didn't make that choice. And she left her friends and that's yeah. sad. And, you know, yeah. give her yes. that opportunity. I have not yet. Yeah. So thank you so much. I have my I have my marching orders for when we get off this call. Thank you. Well, and, and listen, like this is really important because there are conditions in life that are unavoidable, that, you know, like a move has to happen. A school change has to happen. So in the chapter, The Great Surrender, which is my favorite chapter in the book, I think I might beat to a bloody pulp (laughs) the notion that it's okay for our children to feel sad. It's okay for them to have disappointments. Right. So from the child's perspective, that need of autonomy might look like I want to go back to my old school. From or our, I want you to pay, or I want you yeah, to feel how yeah. I feel. Exactly. Or, or, you know, like, I'm going to assert myself in this way. As the parent, we can go, okay, there's a need for autonomy or uh, security or connection, right? What is the thing? Consistency. It's not that we have to subvert our needs or our will to the child's. It's how can we collaborate with this human being? to get that need met in ways that are possible, Mm. that are doable, right? When my kids are at their dad's house, I cannot control the communication strategy in that house. I wish I could, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I try. You have the the experience of that, and this is interesting, that you have the experience of having been the mother and, um, and it turning out okay. Yeah. That, that it's okay, that it's not okay, it's not the ideal. That it's not okay. It's okay that it's not and okay. And when they're here, I'm going to make sure that we have an environment where there's, communi- you know, where there's connection, right? Yeah. So it's not that, like, what is, is, is one of my favorite quotes. Mm-hmm. Like, what is, is. And so let's actually develop the capacity to, to be in that. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't that when we, um, 
when we dysregulate, when when the parent feels like when we when we drink the vodka and our whole body is like sweating, buzzing, heart heart racing, gritting the teeth, the whole thing. It's like a real primal experience being triggered like that. I'm lied to, etc. Part of the 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 reason why it lasts so long and it's so uncomfortable is because we don't have the capacity, we've never learned the capacity to hold that. Yes. Yeah. Capacity is everything. It's it's almost like we were taught that our nervous system is kind of this fixed thing that works the way that it works. And it's not. We can we can learn new things. I, who are those like crazy people that get in the ice tubs? Oh, I've done that. It's great. Is it right? So you yeah. say it's great. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I would rather jump out of a perfectly good airplane than sit I mean, in an ice bucket. I actually think a great, I, I would love to go skydiving one day, but it's way less, way less than that. It's really good. Okay, go on. Okay. But your nervous system learned that, right? Like I would imagine that the first time that you went to do it. No, I did it. I did it once, but you know what the nervous system did? It learned it over the time that I was in there. This is really an interesting thing about the brain. Like, I mean, sometimes things take longer than others and different, but really we just need a second to train. Just like you were calling the coach, like, um, uh, you know, at the gym. (laughs) No, oh, like a, you know, your coach is is training your muscles, your yeah. your emotional muscles too. It sometimes it yeah. takes longer in OA or the twelve steps. It says it says like sometimes it takes longer, sometimes it takes shorter, but it, we always get there. We always get there. We always get there. So it's like if if you've had this perspective, like when I get angry, I have a short fuse. That's your mindset, right? Like you you believe that about yourself. Brains have neuroplasticity. Our nervous system can learn that discomfort is not dangerous. Mm. And when we learn that discomfort is not dangerous, we don't react like there's a tiger in the room. And then our brain literally starts to develop new neural pathways. It's so cool. It's so cool. That's expanding capacity, right? What used to make me, I always say the wins in parenting aren't the big ones. They're like the micro moments. When something happens where you realize that, you know, last month you would have completely lost your shiz, been yelling at everyone, and the whole family would have been in tears. And the same thing happened today. And nothing, you were just like, it was not a thing. This is what growth looks like. Yeah, it's a really, it's, it feels so good. And I was thinking about when you had that. A moment of empathy with your son, you must have felt so proud of yourself that it, it it is such meaningful work for you. Like, you know, that feeling when you're like, and I said something that was really cool. And I took the opportunity to teach him about this. You know, it's it really does build your own esteem. Totally. I mean, yeah. when I think about what parents want at the end of the day, right? If we zoom out, right? Like in the day to day, we want it to go well. We don't want there to be screaming and bickering and fighting, but that's not what we're doing this for really. What we're doing this for is that at the end of the day, we are fulfilled by the role that we play as parents, that we're proud of ourselves and proud of our children for navigating this journey together well. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for growing. Yeah. Imperfectly. Imperfectly. Well, I know that we need to define A, C, oh. and E, if possible, <laughs> we before we head out. Amazing. Um, but, okay, um, so E, presence, E, empathy, A, awareness, right? What's what's going on in my body? What's going on in their body? C, uh, conscious communication. So that's the framework that I talked about earlier. Um, and E, explore, this is my favorite part, exploring solutions together Kids are brilliant. When you say to your child, like, hey, this didn't go well this time. Here's what I noticed. What did you feel? That's kind of the communications framework. What should we do differently next time? Yeah. I mean, you could really ask a toddler that. You really could. Oh, my God. My kids, when they were little, would come up with the most genius strategies, some of which we now very jokingly still use in my house. One of them they came up with was... um, Mom, if you think you're going to yell, just say, I feel yelling coming up in my body. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of genius. I think Miles was five when you told me that. Love so Miles. we still have a family joke. I feel yelling coming up in my body. And we all laugh and it's like a whole thing. It's fantastic. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. I'm so grateful for your vulnerability around this. I think sometimes with um, with experts... You know, authors, CEOs, there's like, you know, there's a lot of marketing that would have us believe that you don't, you don't have to have hard conversations. And I'm just, I'm grateful that you share these moments with us because that's, because what you're allowing is for the rest of us to experience our humanity too, for us to mess up, to rupture and repair, which you do talk about in, um, in the book, which is beautiful, by the way, the peaceful parenting revolution by Kiva Schuler of the Jai Institute. What does Jai stand for? Jai is Hindi for victory in the name of good. Oh, amen. Right. What is your greatest hope for this work? I want parenting coaches to become as common as pediatricians. I, um, my heart breaks for all the children in the world that are being asked to do the work that adults should be doing. And um, I just, I know because I'm, you know, sit where I sit as the CEO and founder, I hear the stories every day. I mean, we have people in their 70s come to be certified as coaches with us who haven't talked to their kids in 20 years and repair communication. Um, it's profound work. And so I'm like, why, why isn't everybody doing this? Why doesn't everybody have a parenting coach? Um, we get coaches for skiing. We get coaches for, uh, you know, like our kids to get whatever on the SATs. We get coaches for everything else. Like, why don't we get parenting education. You know, when I say that changing the way we parent will change the world, I know that it's true. It makes sense that when we allow our children to journey from childhood to adulthood with their self-esteem intact, knowing what unconditional love feels like, knowing that their voice matters, knowing that their passions and their creativity are theirs to use in the way that they see fit, they're going to go out and make things a whole lot better 
than this fracas that we live in now, where it's all about competition and, you know, power over structures. Like we all know things need to change and it begins in our own four walls by doing the work that will teach our children something different than what we learned. I really believe it. I so often talk about how um, I really wish that there was peace on earth, really. My daughter's name is Paz. It means peace, you know? It's like my Mm -hmm. blessing for the world. I think we need to start with our own selves and our families. We're going to have to live in the world that they create for us. They're going to run the show. Like, we're going to have to live here, right? So the work you're doing is incredibly moving. It's hard, good, profound work, and I'm so grateful for it. Mm. Where can we find you? So uh, we are on the on the interwebs, uh, jaiinstituteforparenting.com. The book is uh, The Peaceful Parenting Revolution. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Audible, all the things. Um, and you know, we've, we connected on Instagram mm-hmm. uh, we have such an amazing audience on Instagram, having these deep conversations every day. Um, our spokeswoman, Destiny Davis is just a rock star in the space and serves so many people with her incredible brilliance. Um, and if you're curious about becoming a parenting coach, um, please come join us. We need you. And there's information on that, of course, on our website and our Instagram link tree. Thank you so much. Thank you for this and all that you do, Kiva. Thank you for having me. I loved our conversation, Daniela. Me too. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Mom Curious Podcast. My name is Daniela Ravani. I am your host. And I would love to continue this conversation at Daniela Rabani on Instagram. And if you'd be so kind to rate and review, share this podcast, I would be just really grateful. Catch you next time, every Tuesday on the Mom Curious Podcast, produced by Hoff Studios. You can find them at Hoff Studios on Instagram as well. All right. Have a great day.